It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is comedian Vicki Barbalak, who's headlining in the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana Las Vegas, May 27th through the 30th. For ticket information, go to troplv.com. And for everything about Vicki Barbalak, go to vickybarbalakcomedy.com. You can follow her on Facebook at Vicki Barbalak Comedy and on Twitter at Vicki Barbalak, as well as Instagram and YouTube. And Vicki, I think that's the most number of times I've said your name in one setting. I, you must be tired because it's such a hard name to say. You must be exhausted. I am. I am. I may have to have some water later. I'll say, welcome to yeah. the show. So. Are you marble act? <laughs> what I, a catchy name. It is. I know. The, you know, I'll, I'll give you a little secret how I was able to do that is that I write it out phonetically because otherwise I would stumble on it. You know, I, I should have changed it to Vicky Barbo. I was going to change it to Vicky Barbo when I first started, but then I was too lazy <laughs> is that anglicizing the name to Barbell from Barbalac? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you, you know? came you came from what, an Italian family? Um, Ukrainian. Oh, My... Ukrainian. Why did I say Italian? Because there was a reference to Italian. Oh, yes. Okay. One of your ex-husbands. One of your, ex, one of your ex-husbands. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly. A, a... My current and favorite husband, Lou, is half Italian, half Jewish. So I feel, yeah. It's a good, it's a good rounded out kind of man. Oh yeah, because in in your notes it said that one of your ex husbands thought that alimony was an Italian ice cream flavor, and that's uh, why yeah, I exactly. assumed that you were Italian instead of Ukrainian. So welcome aboard. <laughs> Thank you. <Ira. laughs> I think your show is very cool. It's really nice to have me on. Thank you very much. Oh my pleasure. I know that you get the standard questions, but I'm really curious about this. You obviously started at a relatively older age yeah. compared to the typical comedian. And you're so different from most comedians. Do you get a little, I don't want to say negative feedback. Do you get some awe from your fellow comedians because they're not doing what you're doing? You know, comedians, when I first started, I noticed there was a lot of darkness in some comedians. And then I also found so many kindred spirits that are so much like me, so many more kindred spirits than I would ever have met in my previous life, which was selling carpet at my parents' carpet store for 20 years. So, I mean, I I feel like I've met so many lighthearted, kindred people in the business of comedy. But then, like, you know, the other night I'm at the comedy store in Hollywood, we're back open, live shows, and still in the hallway, there was a couple of grumpy comics walking around, and I'm like, why? Why, why aren't you happy? We're back to work. You're in Hollywood. Get a smile on your face. And it's, it, it, but there's just certain, certain comics that do have a, like a, you know, like a, they're never going to be happy. And, but there's so many more that do love what they're doing and they're happy. You know what I mean? Sure. But the, the, the reason I asked the question is a, a lot of comedians, and I know they do it as a defensive mechanism, and I've talked to many over the years, a lot of comedians are, appear to be cynical and you, yeah. you are not. And there's that danger from a non-cynical person to a bunch of cynical people. And, of course, comedians love to trash each other. So that, that's where I was going with that question. Well, yeah, yeah, I get it. And, uh, and I mean, like, you know, I, I just try to, when people do say something like, say, you know, give me some shade or whatever about my 
act or however I am. And I just, honestly, I try to love them out of it. And there's this one really famous comedian who I've been running into a lot lately because Hollywood's open. And, you know, the first week back, he was just so dark and kind of snarled at me and like, gee, I have to yell into the microphone. You broke my ear. <laughs> and uh, and so I just tried to love him the last few weeks. I said a lot of love into his heart. I'm not, I know it sounds crazy, but and last week I saw him again and he was much nicer. And I just, it was just kind of like a, like I literally used to do that a lot at the comedy store. I would just like try to be super positive and like make light like around me. Because it would be so dark sometimes in there. And then, uh, anyway, I just specifically did it with this one guy. And, uh, you know, and I was like, wow, this really did shift the energy. Because, uh, you know, I started in the very first week back and when he kind of gave me that strong shade, I was like, I kind of internalized it the next day and I felt really bad. I'm like, gee, maybe I'm, maybe he's right and maybe I'm no good. And literally, I like let it in for a minute and then I'm like, no. Nah. He's just that way. Yeah, and there are people that way, unfortunately. Yeah. What's nice yeah. What's nice about your comedy, too, is that you are... I'm, I'm going to use a word that's overused, but I'm going to use it, and you'll understand why. I And because people talk about you this way, is that you're authentic. And I'm going to postulate that it's not even so much authentic as you are more... It's going to sound strange coming from me to you as a comedian and what you do, but you, I think, are more normal of a person in the world of comedy than a lot of comedians that I've talked with. I, mean, I, you know, I think the one big thing that for me that I got really lucky is that I did start late. I mean, I had a life and I, and it was like, and I had children and I had ex-husbands and I had experience that was different than just being a comedian. And, and I think it really, made me more grateful for the life that we live. And and the other thing is, somebody told me when I first started, he goes, you're going to become on stage the person that you, like, everything about you is going to turn into one thing. And I really didn't understand that. I'm like, because when you're off stage, you don't want to be that crazy person who's always on on stage when you're off stage. And you, you, you've met those people. You sure. don't want to be them. Right. So, you don't want to be like the on-stage person all the time, but you want to to find a way to be on stage as much as your core can be. And then off stage, you know, you just, you are who you are. So that taking that, the most possible part of you onto the stage and doing that, then that's when you feel like you're having a good set, when you, when you feel like natural and everything just drops into your head at the right time. Because I never know what I'm going to do before I go on stage, because I can't remember things in a row. <laughs> except, 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 except where America's Got Talent, that was a challenge because every word was approved by producers. So it was just two minute sets, but I had to remember those. But other than that, like, there's no way I can remember what I'm going to do in a half hour, an hour or so. But then you know you're having a good, it's one of those good sets when you don't feel constrained by being fake. So that's I think every comedian would like to be like that. Nice drive for that, but you know it's it's always weird. You start talking about comedy and you want to just jump off a bridge because it's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's actually not because it's an insight into the person's personality. That's the way I see it. Here's the thing: you, as you said, you want to try to get as natural as possible on stage from your core, and that way, when you're off stage, you're not that much different. It's not like 
Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and nor is right. it someone who, let's take Robin Williams, who is hyper all the time. You want to be yourself, but then you want to be as much of yourself on stage. And I think, okay, I'm going to get esoteric and psychological and Freudian a little bit, but I, I think the resentment that you may feel from people or not, not people, from some comedians or not, maybe that's not the right term resentment, but the jealousy, I think it's more uh, of it because you are more fully formed as an adult having grown up in the lap of luxury in a trailer park. And yeah. therefore, you've, you've seen a lot. You've had kids, which is, again, you've seen a lot, and you have had a couple of husbands, so you've seen that too. And that really rounds you out emotionally. So you're connecting with an audience that is not used to that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think um, it's funny because going across the country and doing comedy is so different than it is in, like, say, Los Angeles. And that's why everyone loves to work in Las Vegas because when you, I didn't know this until I started working in Las Vegas, but when you work in Las Vegas, you get some people from Las Vegas and then you get people from all over the country in one place. And it's like, I find it to be so much more fun than, say, working, lately I've been working just a lot in Hollywood. And in Hollywood, like, if I mention my age or something, the audience just, you just feel them just, just, whoa, God, she's 63, get her out of here. And, I mean, it's so funny, it's just the idea, but I think, you know, I just, just, lately I go, okay, when I'm in L.A., I'm not going to say my age, because... They, they just get so nervous. So, <laughs> get a <laughs> You're actually right. Now, you have to promise me, please, as you go forward and you get even more successful, and don't go totally Hollywood, please, no plastic surgery, none yeah. of that stuff, none of those swollen lip things that, you know, you sit out in front of the, the ivy and you're having lunch. Surgery, I'm getting it in Tijuana. Uh, so uh, you won't even know that I had it, actually. It's just going to inject raw sewage into me, and I'm going to be walking around. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Collagen of 2022. Okay. Yeah, man. I see what you're oh going to do. Oh, my God. I, I literally, in my trailer park, I just, this morning, before I did this interview, my neighbor lady had a hairdresser over, so she gave us haircuts. And while she was talking about it, she goes to Tijuana for her plastic surgery, the haircutter lady. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking at her face, I'm like, well, it doesn't look bad. Well, <laughs> well, what's great about your, your comedy, and it's interesting how you phrased it. You said, when I go around the country, or when we go around the country doing comedy, isn't it really when you go around the country being yourself or when you go around the country being funny as opposed to, quote-unquote, doing comedy. Because do, yeah. to me, the word, the phrase doing comedy is almost you're producing widgets as opposed to being yourself and being naturally right. funny, which you are. That, to me, is a more... That, to me, is a better way of saying it than just doing you're, comedy. You're right. You're right. I, Joey, I don't know if you ever interviewed Joey Diaz. Yes, I did, and it was several years ago, but I did interview Joey, yes. Right. So one time we were sitting across the table reads from each other, with, and uh, he said, Babalak, you know, it's not the shows. It's the Greyhound bus you ride to the shows. That's where the comedy is. <laughs> and, and you're right. It is, it is just a whole experience. Of it. And somebody the other day was talking about whether or not you should use the word jokes or bits or how do you say, she goes, I prefer to use stories. And I'm like, well, whatever, however, word, whatever word you use, you know, whatever. But it is funny, though, because you just feel like, you know, that, that uh, how do you 
how do you speak? How do you speak about what you do? And because words matter, I, I, I know that's true. I think, like, it gen- generically, though, that being I, after America's Got Talent, I mean, I always dreamed of going on tour, and, and, I, and I never could travel that much. I took the girls with me in states in the West and stuff, but after America's Got Talent, when I got touring agents and got this big tour for two years, it was so much fun to to meet so many people and, and people would ask me after shows, do you want to go on my boat or something? And I would go, yes. And then the next day I would show up for my boat ride and they were shocked. They go, they weren't serious. <laughs> I thought you were serious. We're going on your boat. <laughs> so many, it was, it was so much fun. Well, I think that that's the secret of your success, Vicki, is that in addition to being funny, that you connect with people. Yeah. That's true. I mean, that's the thing. I, that's what I love most about it is that the connection. And, and you know, that that means everything. Because I mean, I've, and that was so hard at the end of COVID. When COVID first started and, and through the COVID, I did work in the states with no COVID, like Texas, Florida, Oklahoma. And But we, after I did the shows, we couldn't do the meet and greet because we, you know, went up insane. So... But I really miss that because I think that's my favorite thing after shows. And I don't even know if Laugh Factory, the Tropicana, is going to let us do meet and greets now that I'm thinking about it. Have you been to any shows lately? Do you know they not, are? Not lately. I've been at an, in an excess of caution. I have not been out and about. Yeah. So uh, I yeah. will be shortly, but not yet. Did you get vaccinated? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. It does feel so fantastic. God, I love it. Let's take a break. My guest is comedian Vicki Barbalak. She's headlining at the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana Las Vegas, May 27th through the 30th. For ticket information, go to troplv.com. For everything about Vicki, go to vickibarbalakcomedy.com. You can follow her on Facebook at Vicki Barbalak Comedy, on Twitter, again, at Vicki Barbalak, as well as Instagram and YouTube. And we'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. These days, everyone needs a little help. Even if you're starting to get back on your feet, Three Squares Emergency Food Pantry Partners and mobile food sites are still open and ready for you. These resources are available for anyone who needs a little help. We're here to serve our city's children, elderly, at-risk families, and new families experiencing job loss or extra challenges due to the pandemic. Finding a location near you is easy. Just go to threesquare.org and click Get Help. Now let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with comedian Vicki Barbalak, and that's not easy to say. She's headlining at a laugh factory at the Tropicana Las Vegas, May 27th through the 30th. For ticket information, go to troplv.com. And for everything about Vicki Barbalak, go to vickibarbalakcomedy.com. And you can follow her on Facebook at Vicki Barbalak Comedy, on Twitter at Vicki Barbalak, as well as Instagram and YouTube. And Vicki, when you started to make it big, who was the one person you were most surprised about who paid you a professional compliment, if I could phrase it that way? In other words, either a comedian, an actor, someone who meant something to you, who came up to you and said, Vicki, you are funny. I think really it had to be Howie Mandel when, when um, you know, he doesn't hug anybody, he doesn't talk to anybody. And he, he, he was a comedy store comic. Mitzi knew him very well. 
and she brought him up, and he also had a carpet background. But I'd never, by the time I got to the comedy store, he was not doing stand-up much anymore. He was just being, you know, a businessman and a, a person on television with all his things. He was doing very little stand-up, so he never came to the store, never ran into him. And when I'm on America's Got Talent, after my set, he wanted they go, somebody wants to meet you, and they brought me back towards the stage, and he was off stage, and he just ran up to me, and he hugged me, and uh, and he said, you remind me so much of Joan Rivers, and I miss her so much, and and that meant the world to me. Uh, that just blew me, blew me away completely, so... The fact that he hugged you is even more important than what he said yeah. because he doesn't he doesn't touch I, anybody. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, okay. see, that was even better that you didn't know that and you found out afterwards. Yeah. So that that, that was even well. more meaningful. Absolutely. Yeah. Was there somebody also in the world of comedy that gave you separate from, of course, America's Got Talent? But was there anybody in the world of comedy that sincerely gave you some good business or career or funny advice? which you were able to incorporate in your natural personality? Well, well really, the person that gave me the most advice and worked, worked for me the most was Missy Shore. And she owned the comedy store, and I was one of the last people to come under her wing, the last of the comics that she worked with. And and um, she, she worked with me for like five or seven years until she got really sick. But, um, I mean, she would tell me, she would kind of take it. After my sets, she would always put me an opening, 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 opening in the main room for like three years straight, nine o'clock opening. An opening for me was really hard. It's hard for everybody. And it was, and, um, and then, and then she wanted me to come out of my, come out of my skin and be, be bigger. And so she made me open. And then every few months she'd give me the third spot, which would be like the best spot. Then she'd go, I just wanted you to see where you were. And then she'd be back to opening. And then and she would just kind of like just shake her hands at me after my set if it wasn't enough. And she would just shake her hands like, just shake her hands in front of me, shake it up, you know, without saying anything. And I knew what she meant. And so it was just that be 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 more be be out there. Get get out of yourself. Get everything out of you and onto into your performance. And it was just like she she wanted me to pull more from me. Don't hide. Be out as you know, get, come out, come out. And, and I think that was the most important thing that anyone ever gave me just on that. And then, and then other, other times people would tell me, I would always think I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. I'm, I need more work. I can't. And I would always say that. And then Vinny Favorito, who is often in Las Vegas. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Vinny. Oh yeah. He's been on the show as well. Yes. Yeah. He goes, when are you going to be ready? Of course you're ready. And it was like something that like just really stuck with me. Like, you know, after I was doing comedy like 10 years, and I'd be, well, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> he was like, when? When? If not now, when? And that was like a big thing to me. And it kind of shook me up. as grow up. You're a grown up now. Even even though I was 50 years old after doing comedy 10 years, I still felt like a, a kid. Right. Like, I just ever, I just... I mean, I used to think, well, you have to do it at least 10, 12 years to, to be able to call yourself ready. And that was probably not true. Well, you mentioned about Mitzi Shore, and Sammy Shore has also been on the show yes. uh, as well. But Mitzi sounds like, from what she was doing with you, sounds almost as if you were a hands-on manager, which is very effective and very important. 
Yeah. Even though she technically wasn't your manager, the fact that she was investing that time and putting you as an opener and then occasionally moved you up and then brought you back down again to start again so you could see what it was like, that right. that does take a certain commitment, which I don't know that she would lavish that on too many other comedians. Until she had like a, you know, and she had a cadre of people that, that she devoted a lot of time and attention to. And, and uh, I just, I really could not ever believe I mean, it's a drive from my, you know, my trailer, and and, and I would. Uh, my parents had a carpet store, and about five years into stand up, I said, "You guys, just sell it. I'm 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 not going to do it. Just sell it." I've been working there twenty years, and I said, "We built up the business. I go, just sell it. Use it for your retirement. I'm not going to do this." And then I and I would moved into a trailer and barely made it, and 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 I would drive my car into the comedy store parking lot at Sunset Boulevard. And when I, I would get to that last half mile and go, well, I can't believe it's me. I can't believe I'm <laughs> driving on Sunset Boulevard. I'm about to pull into the comedy store. I'm a mom, you know, who still, still sells carpet part-time, and I've got two daughters, and I'm fat, and I'm, I'm ugly, and why is this happening to me? And it, I could never, ever believe it, how lucky I was. I still, when I drive up there, I still can't believe I get to use that parking lot. Yeah, it's an amazing story. I was, to combine two elements of what you were talking about in terms of your family and everything else, did you ever carpet the trailer? My trailer? Yeah, because in other words, you, your family had the carpet business. Oh, so yeah. you had the trailer. Did you ever carpet the trailer with the, with the carpet from your folks' store? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, in fact, when we, when, you know, their very first trailer I bought was for $11,000. It was in a family park, and my parents. I, I think we still. I still worked for about four more years after, after I uh, bought my first trailer. And yeah, I put leopard carpet in the living room. In fact, guess what? I'm staring. <laughs> I'm staring at the leopard carpeting right now. <laughs> well, now, now do me a favor because a lot of people don't grasp or can't grasp the concept of living in a trailer. And yet it's a way of life, and it's obviously it's very functional. It's relatively inexpensive compared to getting an apartment or buying a house. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you can rent an apartment, but if you have a trailer, you've got that's your house, and you just have to worry about where you're going to park yeah. it, or maybe you just rent the land. But just how you got into that and how that works for you. Well, the first one I bought was 800 square feet. It was 20 by 40, one bathroom, one bedroom. And um, my dad and I, we turned it into a two-bedroom. We only had a steak knife. I'm not kidding you. We cut the plywood with a steak knife. <laughs> and, the, and you use um, little aluminum um, frames when you, because you don't need to use real wood in a trailer. But anyway, we actually did that. And so, like, we lived, and it was in, in with the 800 feet, and my daughters and I lived there with one bathroom for three years. I mean, for 11 years. 11 years with one bathroom. And, um, like, if you were caught putting makeup on in the bathroom, you were shot summarily. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody could do anything in that bathroom, but use the bathroom and get out. And, and, and I thought you'd be embarrassed of that, that we were going to live in a trailer, and it turns out that their friends wanted to have their birthday parties at our trailer, and it became kind of like a kitschy thing. And now I live in, in a really fancy trailer park with a view of, like, we have a fake lake, which is really a drainage ditch. And there's a trailer park in, in Las Vegas that I have my eye on. Oh, my God. It's right downtown. It's gorgeous. They have 
two pools, a guarded gate, and you could buy a beautiful trailer in there for forty or fifty thousand dollars. And my my trailer here in Oceanside right now, I can sell for three hundred thousand dollars. That's amazing. A house is impossible in Southern California. Yeah. And, yeah. and trailer, as you just quoted that price. Here's my theory, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. And then we're going to talk about your upcoming show at the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana, May 27th yeah. through the 30th. And that is, do you think that living in a trailer, this is my take on it, that it helps simplify your life so you can concentrate on what you want to do? Absolutely. I could never have, I could never have raised my daughters and done what I did, left into zero income. I mean, I could never have done it if there weren't the trailer park lifestyle. And once you start living in a trailer park, I don't know, there's something about it. Like, I don't, I, I only want to live in a park. I just love it. I love the people. I love, I love telling people I live in a trailer. I just love looking at their face. <laughs> <laughs> well, do they leave you alone, though? In other words, now that you're a celebrity, or do they, are you constantly getting knocks at the door for people wanting autographs or pictures? You know, you know, it's funny. Like, in the, you know, in the beginning of AGT, I saw people with, be driving by the house, taking a picture of the trailer, whatever. But now I can't get anybody to notice me here. I was just curious I, about that. And the really stupid thing, Ira, I, I, I got a Volkswagen convertible when it used the last year it was made. I just got it this year. And my husband said we should write advertising on it so we could write 90% off the first year. And I said, okay. So we, we had this really cool artist paint, Trailer Nasty, my logo on the back little trunk of the VW. And then he put Vicky Barbalat, he goes, do you want your website on it? Because he like does it for plumbers and stuff. Sure. And we're just standing there. And, it's, and at the last minute, I said, okay. And Lou goes, yeah. And so we put my website on there. And the problem now is, I'm getting all of these complaint letters to my website about my driving. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are going to start uploading video from where they shot yeah, it in the car. <laughs> eating a burrito. Put the burrito down. You cut me. <laughs> I'm going to go see him and ask him if he could take that off and cover it with flowers. <laughs> They're using the dash cam, getting video of you, <laughs> sending it to the website, complaining. That's funny. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. <laughs> One last thing before we go, because when you're up on stage at the Laugh Factory, and you mentioned earlier that you don't know where you're going to go with stuff, so how do you keep it together? You don't have notes on a stool, or do you just kind of, you know you'll get to where you need to go by the time you need to get there? No, I don't. And I, I noticed it. We're, on, on the shows at Laugh Factory, we're going to have three shows a night on Friday and Saturday. So I'm going to do the midnight show, too. So by the midnight show, I won't know what I'm doing at all because I'll be going, I think I already said that, but I might have said that. <laughs> so it'll be, the midnight show will be completely uh, insane. But yeah, I, you know, but there's, uh, you know, there's this, you just have to believe that you were born to do this. You can do this. No matter what, because if, if I did know what I was doing, it would be great. And then I would be like, okay, I have this routine. I know this way. I do these same things. And then I could kind of, but I can't because my brain won't let me. So I'm, because I'm winging it on those, those shows where you do three shows a night, it, it does get pretty hilarious. I think <laughs> that, yeah, brain. I think your Vicky's Guide to Comedy stand up is probably not going to be able to be followed by too many other people. <laughs> no, nobody would want my guy to stand up. <laughs> I just think that, yeah, it's funny. Well, 
Thanks very much. My guest has been comedian Vicki Barbalak. She's headlining oh, in the you. she's headlining in the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana Las Vegas, May 27th through the 30th. For ticket information, you can go to troplv.com. And for everything about Vicki Barbalak, including uploading videos of her doing things in her car, go to VickiBarbalakComedy.com <laughs> and follow her on Facebook at Vicki Barbalak Comedy and of course Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. Vicki, thanks again for being on the show. Thank you, Ira. Congratulations on the show. Thank you. See you next time. You're the best. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Thank you.